Hey, Teresa. Hey, Sam. What's up? Um, pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. You know, school just started again. Got a new president officially. Um, yeah, just uh, many new beginnings. <laughs> the, two, the two events that matter. <laughs> two events. I mean, we're still in a panorama pandemic, so. <laughs> what? Did you say a panorama? On TikTok, people try to be funny and they're like, in a panorama, in a pan, and like in a panacotta, stuff like that. That's so, um, yeah, I'm still on TikTok, so I guess things aren't that exciting yet. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to um, get get a move on things again because I feel like I was hitting a point where I was like kind of getting bored. Yeah, same. Um, actually, not same because our spring break or our winter break was only two weeks, so I kind of just dipped home, saw the fam. And now I'm back in the apartment and it's as beautiful as, oh, wait, we actually do have a story. Um, we got a couch. <laughs> we like went outside of our apartment and there was this couch on the street and it looked like really, really nice. Like a uh, like $700 couch, like a real couch. Um, and so we picked it up. But right before we picked it up, this like Australian guy came out. And he was telling us about, like, I can't do the Australian accent, but he was like, it's a 1960s couch. <laughs> I really thought when you prefaced, I can't do the accent, like, you weren't going to do it. This couch has got to be worth $7,700. And then he told us about how he, like, he asked us if we knew who Keith Haring was. And we were like, yeah. And he told us about how he stole this like subway art that would be worth a million dollars today and how all his furniture comes from the street. And we we're like sick. So we picked up the couch and now just the whole vibe of the apartment changed. Well, anyways, moving on to today's episode. Today we are going to be interviewing the artist who is Wiley over a can of pomegranate San Pellegrino. Great, let's get started. Today, we have a can of pomegranate San Pellegrino before us. That may sound like a bit of an odd combination. Sounds a bit like a LaCroix, which I don't think anyone drinks LaCroix anymore. And I have to report back to you, it's not very good. It really looked a lot better than it was. It just tastes like grapes. And I would never drink it again. Yeah, I would agree. I think they thought they were trying to do something, but ultimately failed. Um, Also, I feel like I don't, y'all know, I don't really drink anything besides coffee and water. But when I do drink San Pellegrino, it's usually at the beach and my hands are sticky. So I feel like if it's not those things, then um, I don't really like drinking San Pellegrino. Yeah, I would give um, this drink a three out of 10. Maybe if it was spiked, it would be like a four. Today on the podcast, we have a very special episode for you guys. We are going to be interviewing Who Is Wiley, who is an incredible artist, does a lot of different things. Um, She can rap, sing, really just a plethora of incredible talents. I know that I've known about her work for a long time. Teresa just recently got exposed to a lot of her music. Um, But what were some of your first thoughts, Teresa? 
yeah, when you sent me um, Who's Wiley Stream Girl music video, I didn't realize that we were interviewing her and I was like, um, this music video is amazing. Um, I just like, yeah, I just think that, oh, I was also really surprised that she was a student at Columbia. Um, when Sam sent me this music video, I had no idea that this was someone that he knew. Um, and it just feels very, feels very, um, it just feels like the music video has a lot of love put into it and just a lot of fun. You know, it, it feels like her and her friends just wanted to film something and dress up um, and have a really cool dreamy aesthetic to it. And that really shows in the music video. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we're super excited to interview her. We're not only going to talk about the music, we're going to get into her life and all the cool stuff she's been up to lately. Um, so why don't we call her up right now? How have you been? I was so excited we get to have you on the podcast. I've been well. I've been good. You know, I'm back home in South Africa, um, but definitely missing New York. Um, and it was so good to hear from you because I'm missing you too. I miss you, Vivi. And it's great to meet you, Teresa. So I don't know if you've listened before, but we just love having on artists that we care about and exploring their music. And um, especially for you, because I know that you've been through like a lot of transition lately. And I was wondering, you've been in South back in South Africa for a while now, right? Yes. Yeah, I got back. Um, literally by the skin of my teeth, like a day before, or on the day that my visa was expiring, um, back in September. So yeah, I like raced back home, but yeah. yeah. And how has the whole, I've heard quarantine there has been a little intense. How has that been for you? Yeah, um, do you know what? It was like, I was coming from a situation where I was staying at a friend's place. And, you know, even though we were all in lockdown together, you have the whole house to experience each other. But because I traveled, you know, I now had to be um, quarantined. I think it was like only 10 days or something like that, but alone in my room, you know, um, which was a lot. It was very intense. So I had that experience. And then I feel like, you know, things got better, case numbers started improving. And so I finally got to get more of a sense of like, okay, I'm acclimating to being back home. I'm, you know, in my space. And then that new strain, of Miss COVID came around and said, get inside, get back inside where you think you're going. So, so here we are, we're inside and yeah. Definitely. How's it been for you navigating that? I'm sorry, I also like, as Sam knows, I also interview, so I might have a natural tendency to just <laughs> throw things back in your direction. Um, so you can just be like, Vanessa, shut up. We're moving on and it will be fine. <laughs> yeah, it is all good. It has been, it's been okay. I've been in New York since um, August, so mm. I can be kind of like <laughs> the exact opposite. But mm. um, I think last semester there was it was kind of like a ghost town here, but now mm. there's like a couple more people back, and it feels a bit more like the community. Um, okay. But on that note of being back, has being back pushed you to explore any new ideas artistically or musically? Um, I would definitely say so. You know, I'm not used to um, the particular creative environments that have, you know, helped me develop as an artist up until this point. Um, I've been very heavy on collaboration all throughout my 
solo career. Um, and so it feels weird to like not be able to be in studio with my best friends and getting lost in time and lost in the music. Um, I feel like it's pushed me to be a lot more independent. You know, I've had to step my production game up. I've had to step my mixing game up. You know, I'm now engineering by myself. I'm, you know, almost doing everything from start to finish by myself now, um, which is a fun journey. You know, it almost feels like starting over. So it's, it's daunting, but it's also been exciting. So now that you've like sort of learned how to do that production and engineering yourself, like, do you mm -hmm. think that that's going to be an, an important part of your music going forward, like doing all of that process yourself or, um, yeah, like what new perspectives have you gained? Like, be tapping mm. that process as part of your music. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I feel like I have always been a bit of a backseat driver when it came to production and like mixing. I'm super, super picky. So, you know, I know you had Mama Do on. I have listened to a few episodes of the show. Love the show, by the way. And, you know, I was listening to the Mama Do episode because I work with Mama Do a lot. I work with Krishna a lot. And they will both tell you that I'll be looking over Krishna's shoulder like, mm, can you move that there? And let's add reverb there. The delay stops exactly here. No further, you know, so even production wise, um, I've been doing that, I think, pretty much since the start of my solo career. Um, so I think perhaps this experience I'm having now is just giving me a greater sense of authority. I kind of felt, you know, imposter syndrome, she was hitting a little bit, you know. It was me being like, oh, I co-produced, but did I do anything? And so now I think I'm allowing myself to really step into those roles in full more. Yeah. And Shout out to WKCR, but I know that a lot of the music got recorded in the studio and has mm. been weird like being away from that like central place where so much of the music happened. Right. So what's funny about WKCR is I only started like inhabiting that space and um, even recording in that studio after I graduated um which is where i would work with amiri but they're definitely all like cherished memories and sometimes i'll listen back to the songs i'm like oh my god i miss my friends i miss my friends but um yeah i don't know i think i greatly enjoy the freedom of being able to sit with a mic and be like okay we're running that take again 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 you know and i can do it all night all day if i want to and not feel bad about you know um i guess holding other people back so I think, again, it's giving me more freedom to explore, um, for sure. And I think I'm also getting closer and closer to actually making the music I want to make, because I think I end up just making, like, songs I think are fun. But there are very few songs I have out right now that I'd say that sounds like me, like what I'm trying to, to make and what I'm trying to bring into the world. I'm a songwriter, so I'm like, okay, this song happened, like, let's put it out, you know? Yeah. And so um, what is like your process towards like creating a song and like what types, what types of songs like make you feel more like it's yours versus like the other ones that you just kind of like put out? Yeah, so um, I definitely in the past had a tendency to sound like whatever I was listening to. Um, <laughs> and so if I'm listening to Solange, you know, those melodies, 
you know, come through like that or from, you know, for those who have listened to me rap on occasion, on the rare occasion, that's usually because I was just listening to a lot of rap and I was like, ah, this, I'm connecting to this mode of expression right now. Um, and I also tend to um, write almost compulsively. Like I will be walking and you'll see me like with my phone by my face. And I think people assume that I'm on the phone or something and switching me like whispering into voice memos, like, nah, 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 you know, and I, I'll get to those later, maybe, who knows. Um, but I think for me, it's always the lyrics that come first. It's always the concept that comes first. And it's always fun to then like, get a beat from Amiri Mikkel, shout out another guest you've had on here because I really did my homework, um, or somebody, and then be like, wow, okay, this beat, I feel like it's communicating with these lyrics that I have. Like, I didn't know that I was writing the song when I was writing it, but I see that this is now what's happening here. And so kind of, you know, uh, doing a bit of a patchwork type of situation and putting the puzzle together. I think that's how most of my songs um, come into being. Yeah, big shout out, Mary. Um, but I guess, so you said earlier that listening back to a lot of your music now, you don't feel like that is you and that you're working on like making music that represents you. How does that mean that you're creating differently? Does that just mean more reflection or does it mean a different style of producing music? Like what's the difference for you? Right. Thank you for that. Because I realized um, Teresa had asked me that and I forgot to attend to that part of the question. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of the music I have out, it, I think, displays my skill set, right? Like, oh, she can do this. She, she, you know, can write in this way and access her voice like that. Um, but when I think about the music that sounds like me, um, I think I'm more thinking about like, songs that really target something deep 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 within me you know and really like um i don't know like i i think i know that a song sounds like me if at that moment it sounds like my favorite song like i think i want every song i make to be my favorite song of the moment and i've only really had that experience with a couple of the things I put out. So if I'm not doing, you know, the church hmm, by the end of the session, I know that wasn't it. We need to work on that. So yeah, I think that's, so it's not even that they're particular sounds. It's really just like song to song, feeling to feeling, um, and also ensuring that I'm being honest. Um, Cause I used to have a tendency to hide behind my lyrics. So I think what my music sounds like is increasingly whatever feels like it's coming from the most honest place. And has that process, like, being honest, what has that been like? Because I feel like not even writing music, but a lot of the times, like, it's hard to really be honest and, like, heal yourself through art. So, um, yeah, like, how has that process been, like, trying to be more honest? And is it more healing? Or do you still, like, struggle a lot with that? Yeah, I think that making music has always been um healing for me but I think it was just about what is being healed what are we touching right now you know so at the beginning of my career it's so funny for me to say that but my career um I feel like I was um on a journey to impress myself and by extension of that impress others and so I think with that I was healing like again, maybe it's the sense of imposter syndrome or something like that, just to prove to myself that this is um, a space I can inhabit and feel like it's comfortable for me. And so as I've been um, 
developing and pursuing honesty in my work, I think it really has looked like trying to leave the thrills and frills alone and to make sure I'm really communicating with myself, right? Um, and not hiding behind a, a double entendre or a triple entendre. Um, and that's been healing in a new and very beautiful way. Um, you know, then my music becomes more of like, you know, recorded confessionals, if you want. Um, and yeah, I think the part that has been difficult uh, has been now that there's more to consider. You know, when, when the story is playing on the tables and everybody knows what you're talking about, um, at least for me, as somebody who tends to want to people please and want to like keep the peace and all of that, it can be very daunting to step into my truth and say, hey, I had this experience with this person and this is what happened. This is the real, real, you know? Um, so trying to think about like, oh, what will it mean? Um, what does it mean for me to have a platform to explore my experience with other people when they might not have that platform, you know, and to be the sole voice of a situation? Um, I feel like that's one of my biggest considerations um, now as I'm trying to be honest. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, and something that I've always really appreciated about your music is that it seems like you can switch in between styles like effortlessly. Like you can be rapping one second, you can be belting the next second. Um, <laughs> and I was wondering, so to go into the music, um, I really loved the, at least the recent drop on YouTube forever. And mm. I was wondering, is that kind of the sound that you're going towards or is that more of a demo type situation? Like talk a little bit about that song. Absolutely. So Forever is a super, super fun song to me. And I'm so glad you brought it up because, you know, she did not get some of the, the love that my other songs have gotten. Um, so I appreciate that. But yeah, how that song came into being, um, I actually wrote it my sophomore year. So I've had those lyrics like stowed away forever. And I came into music thinking I was just going to write for other people. So in fact, it was somebody else's song um and I was using like a YouTube beat at the time to write it and then um last year around about I want to say January um Amiri played me this beat and I was like yo this is so far I need to hop on like I need this thank you so much and when it was going I don't know I just like I remembered those lyrics and I was like oh this this is that it was again that moment of like I didn't know I was making the song but I finally met it you know um so I feel like there's more to the question you asked me though um oh just is that a direction that you're continuing continuing to pursue or is that more of like a one-off type sound for sure so I think that it's again a case of like that really excited me and so I did it um and I love those sounds. I love Amiri's production. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are um, more in that world, but I really won't know until those songs come into being. Um, I feel like, you know, it could sound in that sense that there isn't much intention behind the sounds that I engage with, but I think it's more that my intention is set in like how those sounds make me feel. So if I'm not, you know, resonating with, that sound that day, you know, maybe, you know, there isn't forever 2.0, but call me next week and it might be a different story. So, yeah. And yeah, that's really interesting you say that because I 
so I used to play like a lot of piano, but I never did that traditional music theory thing. So mm-hmm. a lot of the way I approach piano isn't through like theory. It's just like how it feels. So right. like, what is your like musical background? How did you get into music mm-hmm. and how has that evolved over time? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so it's funny you mentioned piano because um, that's kind of like the instrument that inducted me into songwriting. Um, growing up, my parents got me this keyboard. I never took lessons, um, but I taught myself how to play and so I could like play chords just enough to like write behind them. Um, and the songwriting itself, um, I used to write a lot of poetry when I was younger. But I think as I got older, um, I just, it felt, I couldn't tell if my poems were good anymore, you know, or not. I couldn't tell the difference between like an earnest poem and a corny poem, you know what I mean? But I think I found a lot of security in songwriting because I was like, oh, I can, I can tell that this works. I can tell that this doesn't work. Like this sounds like a song I'd listen to, you know? So I think songwriting just gave me a sense of greater security in my writing. And really up until I started working with Krishna my sophomore year um every song I wrote would begin at the piano like I used to go to one of the residence halls you know shout out Shapiro and be in the in the um piano lounge until like 5 a.m just like playing with chords and playing with melodies so even songs like rolling that started at the piano um forever definitely started at the piano and a bunch of others so yeah that's oh oh but speaking more about musical background because um another thing i love to do you know i love to layer i can do layers all day um and that i think really comes from my background in the church my mom um she joined the choir when i was maybe like 11 or 12 years old and i was like oh that's so cool so i joined with her um and then my church did this thing where it kind of split and we now had a teens ministry. And I was like the only teen in the choir. So they were like, oh, you're gonna be the teens like choir coordinator. And I was like, mm-hmm. Like knowing absolutely zero about music theory. I still don't know any music theory, but again, we are on some like fake it till we make it. So I started, um, you know, as the choir coordinator for the teens ministry. And I would spend every Sunday afternoon, like right off the church, just with the choir coming up with different arrangements and playing with harmonies and, you know, setting the set list for next week's Sunday. And, you know, it was just so much fun. And I think that's where I really developed my love for layering and for harmony and for just like that choir feel, that choir essence. I love that. Yeah. Like, it's funny that you're talking about layering because I definitely noticed that really Mm -hmm. in all your releases um but I was also wondering about the visuals in your work and I mean that dream girl video we kind of brought it up at the beginning but it's just so like beautiful and fun um I know you said you were storyboarding like in the process of like (laughs) doing CC and other graduate yeah (laughs) but what was it like to shoot it seemed like such a fun shoot it was it was such a good time and you know there's so many people I consider close friends just through having had that experience together like um you know I was friends with Amiri I was friends with Matt um at the time but literally I think I very randomly was like listen we're going downtown 
we're shooting this video come do behind the scenes like we're hanging out like you know let's go so I think that's what it was it felt like all of us just hanging out and oh yeah yeah in the middle of our hanging out we have to like stand in this place and a camera's gonna be in our faces like that and like whatever oh they're done shooting cool what were you saying you know so I think it was just like one giant um, great time yeah it's it's definitely a time I look on um, with a lot of nostalgia and warmth and love for everybody so just like a dream for me absolutely and so it sounds like that sort of like community aspect is like sort of part of your music um, has that changed since you've moved back um I think the only real change is that that community has gone online now um, and that has provided new opportunities um, where other opportunities to commune have been taken away, you know. Um, but I think also a very big change to my um, creative community is that I'm actively looking to be in community with more Black artists, more Black um, producers, trying to find more local artists, you know, to link with, haven't had much luck there yet. Um, but yeah, I think those have been the major changes. Um, and I think that expressing gratitude for each other and an appreciation for each other's music, um, like going out of your way to do that has also become a bigger point of community for me at least, because it's like, we're not in the same space to like be able to just enjoy each other and be able to give to each other, um, in the ways we would have before. So I think these days, um, most of my online presence looks like, OMG, new Amiri just dropped. OMG, new Isaac Thursday just dropped. You know, like, go get that and hyping my friends up online. So, yeah. And you were kind of hinting at some of the stuff that you've been getting into outside of music, um, at least earlier to me. And you were talking about um, Afro-pessimism and a bit about astrology. Could you talk to me about some of the stuff you've been into outside of music lately? Absolutely. Um, what I have come into realizing is that I think undergrad, it really dampened my natural curiosity um, and my natural, I think, appetite for study. And so now having, you know, being more in control of my own time um, and just thinking about some of the things that I explore in my music, I think I'm finding critical theory um, and like black studies, right, to be places of furthering the conversations that begin in my music. Um, and that's been really interesting and that's been really fun. And I have some of those conversations with um, some of my collaborators as well. So with Afro-pessimism, you know, I think it, perhaps it's not apparent uh, on my SoundCloud, because as I said, those just you know, those really exist just as songs that I happen to make, that I happen to put out. Um, but there is a lot of writing that's happened behind the scenes that explores, you know, my Black experience, um, what it means to be um, a continental African who is still like in diaspora because I'm in South Africa, but uh, um, I'm Zimbabwean. So not that distance of a diaspora experience, but still diaspora nonetheless. So I feel like Afro-pessimism is just now pushing conversations I'm having with myself even further. And then that's showing up in the music again in really interesting ways and showing up in my, in my mode of like, um, I don't know, even, even in the creating beyond the lyrics themselves. Uh, I think astrology is doing the same thing for me. You know, I think I am 
Wow, I kind of feel like I'm gassing myself up here, but I was going to say, I feel like I'm a natural communicator. And so I'm interested in the art of articulation. Like that is what excites me. So to have Afro-pessimism come in and articulate, you know, my Black experience in a way that I hadn't necessarily heard before. And then to get astrology that articulates my like earthly experience in communication with the celestial in a way I hadn't you know, heard before is really exciting to me. So I think with all of those interests, it's just like exploring different um, means of articulating my experience. And like, this might be like a shallow question because the only thing I know about astrology is like signs. I recently just started getting into like, because I do not believe in people's signs. And then I started seeing it and I was like, wait, that makes sense. How do you, like, can you just explain how that works to me and, like, why you are interested in that? Because I'd love to be interested. And recently I'm like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. I think they're onto something here. Just to clarify, you want me to explain how what works, like how astrology works? Or what would you like me to explain? What is drawing you into that and what makes you, like, believe in astrology? Because I feel like a lot of people are, like, on the fence about yeah so I feel like astrology would say that the reason I'm interested in astrology is because of my eighth house stellium um shout out to the listeners who will know what that means but uh I think my whole life has been grounded in the spiritual right I mentioned I grew up in church Um, my mom is actually a reverend and my dad you know is so uh I guess he um is on such a particular spiritual journey that he can even speak a little bit of Hebrew just from like his own personal study into the Bible. So I grew up in a household where um, the spiritual was not only acknowledged, but was like ever present. Um, And so I can't even really remember when I started to like learn about astrology, Um, but I definitely was hesitant at first because it felt like perhaps a bit of a deviation in a way. Um, and then I got to college and astrology is all anyone ever talks about, you know, you can't go into a room without somebody asking, what's your sun, moon, rising? So I was like, okay, now I know my sun, moon, rising. And it was just interesting to me, you know, um, I don't know. I think I just like, I like any excuse to psychoanalyze and I like the tools that astrology gives in being able to do that. Um, and I'm a, I'm a wordy ass nigga. So like, I don't know, I can talk about like, you know, you have Jupiter conjunct your, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I can, you know, whatever. So I think those are the things that draw me in. It's incredibly poetic. Astrology is very poetic, um, but can also be very scientific. So it really just depends on what type of astrologer you're talking to. But I think for me, it's really just like the poetry it brings to, Um, communicating the patterns of this natural life and the rhythms of this natural life. Um, So yeah, I think that's what has drawn me in. Um, I'm not sure if I I answered everything you wanted to know in that, but yeah. No, that's very beautifully said. I feel like if I asked someone why they're into astrology and they said what you just said, I would like have gone into (laughs) a lot earlier because most people are just like oh no it's fun to label people I guess (laughs) (laughs) well on that tip you should definitely hit me up if you want to know more I feel like I learned through teaching so it would be so fun you should hit me up with any questions or if you want a free reading or something like that
Well, thank you so much. We just have a couple more questions for you. First, um, what's been influencing you lately? Have you been listening to any music you've been loving, reading anything? What's been on your mind? Yeah, so I think what I've been listening to, um, I can't remember when exactly I reached this point, but I feel like if you look at previous interviews of mine, I would talk about like, oh, my primary inspirations are like Beyonce and Solange and Young Thug. And as I'm growing more, you know, human beings being human beings, like each one has found a very unique um, way to disappoint me. <laughs> and I don't want the hive to come after me for that. Um, but, you know, human beings being human beings. So I feel like I'm primarily listening to and drawing inspiration from my friends. I have a lot of really talented friends in my, um, you know, sphere of contact. And here I'm going to shout out Amiri Mikkel. I'm going to shout out Mama Do. I'm going to shout out Isaac Thursday. I'm going to shout out Shanga Goman. I'm going to shout out Jareem. And that's really like, I guess, what I'm meditating on as I'm working. And they really are, um, you know, pushing and inspiring me. Like recently I had two friends who both dropped on the same uh, day. It was Isaac and Chloe, TV Nomad, who I know came up in Mama Do's interview as well. And literally after hearing both of the albums, I was like, oh, I can't go to sleep. I have music to do, like I have work to do. So I feel like they are becoming my um, driving force more than anything else. As for what I'm reading, um, I've been trying to read more poetry. Um, so I have the June Jordan Reader, which sits decoratively on my desk and I haven't really touched it, um, much yet, but I also shout out Malachi Jones, forget us not. I've been, you know, uh, beginning to page through that. I've been reading a lot of like, um, Afro-pessimism. I've been reading, and to that extension, I've been reading like Sadia Hartman, you know, um, Scenes of Subjection. So I think it's like a good mix between like, music from my friends, you know, delving into like critical theory and then low key also Twitter as a resource, you know? Um, so I've been, yeah, engaging with a lot of whatever comes up on my timeline. So yeah. Definitely, that all sounds like a lot to check out. Um, and last question, what should we expect from you next? What, what should we, should we look out for music? What should we look out for? Ooh, um, I think in the immediate, immediate future, probably a few more demos because I'm definitely trying to um, sharpen some of my skills and also I think just get in the habit of just like putting stuff out not necessarily um, for the sake of like the streams and the numbers and you know I've had a lot of friends who've been helpful in like um, I guess taking me out of the like careerist mode of being and you know taking me out of like prioritizing the commodification of my work and of my of my um my gifts so yeah i'm just putting music out to put it out um to see if other people connect with it and want to make music with me i think you can expect a lot of posts about astrology readings because i'm trying to develop those skills as well um working on a couple of very very exciting projects that i cannot speak on at this point in time but when they hit you will know um so that's also just like on the horizon for me i think yeah thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of two virgins we hope you enjoyed getting to know who's wiley and check out her music you can find this episode on our website, quarantinecontent.com, or on our weekly newsletter, The Q. See you next week. <laughs>